My job is to tell you about standing firm in the faith. And I, I was thinking about the definition steadfast, unwavering, persistent, dedicated, resolute, determined. And I was thinking, what, how am I going to approach this subject matter? When Mike called me, I'm figuring, how would I approach this subject matter? And I thought about if I had a farewell address to my family. If I'm on my deathbed, what would I say to my family? If you had the last few words to say something to your family, what would it be? You know, and I looked in the Bible and I saw all of these, I saw all these final addresses. You remember when Jacob was dying in, in Genesis 49, verse 1 and 2. And Jacob told Reuben, like, you are as unstable as water. And Jacob told Simeon that, and, and, and Levi that they were instruments of cruelty. And he told Judah that the scepter shall not depart from Shiloh. Or I looked at the final resolution, the final thing of a farewell address with Joshua. And in Joshua 23, 14, he said, Behold, I am going all the way of the earth this day. And Joshua reminded his family not one thing that God has said has ever failed. And I'm trying to think, how will we stand firm? And young men need older men to help them. We need some preachers that's been around for a little while. You know, Brother Nash told me one time, about, I don't know if anybody ever heard of Brother Nash. I followed Brother Nash. He preached for 60 years. He told me about this man in the boat with a young, a young preacher and an old preacher were in the boat. And the old preacher told the young preacher, I can walk on water. And the young preacher was like, get out of here. So the old preacher jumped out of the boat and walked on the water and walked back to the boat. And the young preacher said, well, if you can do it, <laughs> I can do it. And the old preacher went and jumped in the water and went straight down to the bottom. And the old preacher told the young preacher went and dropped to the bottom. And the old preacher looked at the guy on the on the side on the shore and said, "You better tell this young preacher where the stumps are." <laughs> we need older men to tell the younger men where the stumps are. We need men to be men and stand up and be men. Because what we have now is men that go and sit in the corner when the woman tells them to go sit in the corner. And little Johnny grows up, think he's supposed to sit in the corner because his father was in the corner. And little Susie grows up and thinks she's supposed to dominate everything because big Annie, big mom, and everybody else dominated their house. And what I'm trying to tell you today is we need to stand firm in the faith. If you're with me, shake your head like this. I just want to know everybody's with me. I was looking at these farewell addresses. Also, I found Paul had a farewell address to Timothy. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, he said, I am now ready to be offered, and my time of departure is at hand. He said, Timothy what, I want, Timothy, what I want you to do is fight a good fight. I want you to finish your course, and I want you to keep the faith. And so as I was thinking about this farewell address, and what would I tell my family, and how would I tell them to stand firm, the first thing popped into my mind is to tell them to stand firm on the Lord's side. You and I, we have to be on the Lord's side. There's going to come a fork in the road. We need to determine whose side are we on. Are you on the Lord's side? Or are we with the world? And of course, you know where I am. In Exodus 32 and verse 24. 
And he said to them, Whosoever hath any gold, let them break them and give it to them and cast it into the fire. And this calf came out. You know, he said, I just, Aaron said, I just threw this gold in the fire and poof, this calf came out. And then you know what he said? And the people were naked because Aaron had made them naked. And Moses stood at the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Come unto me, all you, all the Levites gathered themselves together. We need to draw a line in the sand, and I want to know today, are you on the Lord's side? Because you need to cross that line if you're on the Lord's side. You know, when I came along in school, and we get ready to fight, they'll draw a line and say, the baddest one crossed the line. You probably never went through that. <laughs> but you got to know today, whose side are you on? I want to tell my family to stand firm on being on the Lord's side. Because you know that you know as I know this world is changing greatly. And we need to be resolute and we need to be confident that we will be on the Lord's side. Not Paul's side, not Timothy's side, not the preacher's side, not this, but on the Lord's side. In 1 Corinthians 1 12, Paul reminded them, said, Now I say that every one of you say that I am a Paul and I am a Paulus and I am a Cephas. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of, the, of Paul? We need to know whose side are we on. We can't take a chance because hell is too hot. You know, the, the, the lady came in and she was, saw her little girl, her little daughter, and she was drawing something. And the mom said to the little girl, what are you drawing, baby? She says, she says I'm drawing God. And the mom left away and and, and she started thinking, I got to straighten this child because she thinks she can draw God. And she came back and told the little girl, baby, you know, nobody knows what God looks like. And the little girl said, they will when I get done. <laughs> 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 we need to know whose side are we on. I'm asking you all today to be on the Lord's side. I'm asking you all today to be resolute. When you walk out of this room to know exactly whose side are you on. Because God has been too good to us. He woke us up this morning. We have health and strength. We have somewhat of a sound mind. God is good to us. And we're going to have to leave this room energized and be on the Lord's side. So if I'm on my deathbed, and I have a chance to talk to my family, the first thing I want to tell them is that they're going to come a fork in the road, and I want you to be on the Lord's side. We're just going to have to be resolute in that. And in Luke 11 and verse 23, he says, he that is not with me is against me. There's really no middle ground with God. Either we're with him or we aren't. In Acts 27 and 25, wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. I believe that God is, is, shall be even as it was told me. And in Acts 27, 31, they were supposed to stay on the ship. You recall, of course, when Paul told them not to set sail, and they set sail. And Paul said, now listen, if you stay on the ship, there will be some loss of, of, of equipment, but our lives will be spared. I want you today to stay on the ship. Stay with the Lord. Stay on the Lord's side. There's going to be problems in this life, we know that. All who live godly shall suffer persecution. But I want us to stand firm on the Lord's side. 
And you know it's going to be some troubles. You know it's going to be some times. Somebody said, well, preacher, I never had any problems. You know, I'm in good health. You know, I live in this gated community over here. You ought to see my bank account, preacher. You see what I'm driving. But if you keep living, there's going to be some problems. You say, well, now, nah, preacher, I'm good. No, one of these days there's going to be some problems in your life and my life and all of our lives. But if we're not on the lower side, it's not going to work. I want us to be resolute. I want us to be determined. I want us to be confirmed in the conviction that we're going to stay with the Lord. That's what I want us to do. I want us to stay on. And I was on my deathbed, and I got some a chance to talk to them a little more. This is what I would tell them. The second point is I would tell them is to stand on the foundation of God's word. Stand on the foundation. We're trying to stand firm. That's my mission is to show you how to stand firm. The first thing is to stand firm on the Lord's side. The second thing is to stand firm on the foundation of the word of God. Word of God is not going to change. Not for you, not for me, not for any of us. We have a weekly program. It is a Q&A radio program. And the lady, I was talking about women preachers, how it doesn't exist in the Bible, that we, the men are supposed to be the preachers. And the lady called in and she said, Preacher, did I hear you say that women can't preach? I said, no, ma'am, God said it. <laughs> she said, God never said no such a thing. But the word of God is never going to change. And I want us to be able to stand firm on the word. In Matthew 22, verse 35, it says, Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, saying, Master, which is the greatest commandment of the law? And Jesus said, Thou that, that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. And the first and the second is to love thy neighbor as thyself. And he said, Out of these two commandments hangs all the law and the prophet. And I start thinking about how is that all the law and the prophet hangs on these commandments. And I realized that you have to keep the law. You have to keep the word. 1 John 3, 4, whosoever committed sin transgresses the law. For transgression, for sin is a transgression of the law. And I know they had the law. I know they had the commandments. The Jews had the commandments. You shall have no other God. Thou shall make no, no graven images. Thou shall not take the Lord thy God name in vain. You get God's booming voice saying all these things. And they were supposed to stand firm on the foundation of the word. But you know what I started realizing? There's a foundation under the foundation. There's a foundation under the foundation. There's a foundation under God's word. We have to stand on that. I want to teach my children that. For example, in Micah. Micah 6.6. 6. Wherewith shall I come before the Lord? Shall I bow before him, the high God? Shall I come before him with offerings and calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with a thousand rams or with a thousand rivers of oil? You know, they'll never be able to bring a thousand rams or a thousand rivers of oil. They were being facetious. He said, will the Lord be pleased with my firstborn for my transgression, for the fruit of of my body, for the sin of my soul? And this is what he said to them. He has showed you, old man, what is good. 
What does the Lord require of thee? To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly. That's the foundation under the foundation. Oh yeah, we got to keep the word of God. We got to do right. We got to love people. And we got to do justly. We got to walk humbly. There's a foundation under the foundation. You say, well, preacher, you don't know. You don't know. Preacher, I've been a Christian for 50 years. I've been a Christian for 50 years. I never missed a Sunday. I never. But if you can't go across the hall and shake your brother's hand, there's some trouble somewhere. I'm talking about a foundation under the foundation. I want my kids to know that. Because there's going to be a lot of staunch Christians. We've been Christians for years. And go to hell because we don't know how to love one another. And we don't know how to treat one another. And we're not aware of the foundation. See, they were keeping the, trying to keep the law, but they left out the judgment. They left out. What, what did he say? He says, what I want you to do is I want you to require thee to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. I'm telling you, we have to keep the law. We have to live right. But we got to stand on this foundation under the foundation. If you're with me, just shake your head like that. I need to know you're with me now. I can't be up here for all this time wasting my time. I want you to realize that as men, we don't have to teach our families this. We don't have to teach our families about this. You know, in Matthew 23, 23. Matthew 23, 23. He said, woe unto you, scribes, and you Pharisees, and you hypocrites. For you pay mint, anise, cumin, and which you have, and you have awaited omitted the weightier matters judgment faith mercy these things you all have done but not have left the other thing see there's more things you got to keep the word they were they were tithing but they left out judgment mercy faith and they left out the weightier matters that's what I'm saying there's a foundation we have to keep the word of God we got to come to church on Sundays we have to be husbands to our wives. We have to be good, but we need to learn how to love other people. We got to have this love because without that, it's going to hurt us. And I want my children to know there's a foundation under the foundation. Preacher, I never missed a sermon. Preacher, I never a hurricane. I came to church in a hurricane, preacher. Preacher, I never, I've always done this. But you, if you can't love one another like God would have you to love one another, there's a problem somewhere. We're going to have to, I'm, I want my children to know that. I don't want my children to go to church for a hundred years and then have animosity in the heart, have that root of bitterness. You know, there's a root of bitterness that springs up and messes us all up. And a root of bitterness is something in your heart that nobody knows about but one person, God. And that root of bitterness causes us all to go to hell. I want my family to learn that there's a foundation under the foundation. And the cause and the root of it all is love. You know where we're going, right? 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13, it says, verse 1, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not love, I have become a sounding, clinging symbol. And though I have a gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith that I could remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not love, I am nothing. Love is the foundation. 
Oh, uh, yeah, we, we have to keep. There's, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. We know these things. It, that is vitally important. We, get, we have to do these things. But there has to be a foundation under that. And that's love. I want my children to know that. You want your children to know that. We need to stand firm on the foundation under the foundation. But you know, in 1 Corinthians 13, 1 Corinthians 13, 11, he says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, and I understood as a child, and, th- and thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face, and now I know in part, but then I shall be known just as I am known. He says, now abide is faith, hope, and love. And I always wondered, I thought, isn't faith, without faith it's impossible to please God. You know, we need hope. What makes love so more important? What makes love so much more important than faith and hope? He said, now abide it, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest is love. But you know, I started thinking about when Jesus cracked the sky, we won't need faith because why would you need faith to something you can see? And you won't need hope because hope is, is not hope if you can see it. The only thing we're going to have is love. And if we're not standing on that foundation, brother, we're going to be in some trouble. I want my family to know that. I want us to know that. I'm telling you there's a foundation under the foundation. Brother, I've been a Christian for 100 years. That's great. We got to love one another. Doesn't matter where you come from, no matter what you look like, no matter where. Isn't it wonderful when you can go to a congregation, you've never been there before, and you welcome with open arms. Yes. It's like brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, it doesn't matter where you come from. As long as you're in Christ, that's the only thing that matters. You know, there was a, a fellow that came to our congregation one time. He had red hair. And he came in. Nobody, nobody in our congregation has red hair. <laughs> and he came in. And at that time, it had just been a, a kill. You know, they're going in these churches now and killing people. And it was in South Carolina they had this fellow went into this church and killed all of these Christians. So when he came in, every everybody eyebrow went up. <laughs> and you know the first person gonna shoot is the preacher, right? <laughs> you know that, right? That's exactly right. <laughs> and and I said, let's get it over with. I'm just gonna go up to him. So I went up to him and I said, Hey brother, I'm Jerome Jackson, how you doing? And he said, Oh, I, I you ran a meeting for us, Brother Jackson. And then that, that, that's all we need to know. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. It doesn't matter where you go in the world. If you're in Christ, you're family. And that's the foundation under the foundation. That's important, brother. I just want us to know that. And so I would want you to know that you have to stand on the Lord's side. I would want my family to know that there's a foundation under the foundation. And there's one more thing I want my family to know. Is that sometimes you got to stand alone. When you're a Christian, you might have to stand alone on your job. You might be the only Christian. In the work, in the schools, you might, you, you're going to have to learn to stand alone. And it doesn't matter where we are. You know, one time we went to a game. Uh, we went to UCF and USF. It was a football game. It was an annual football game in Tampa. And it was 30,000, 40,000 people. Or however many there were. 
And these kids behind us, you know, I don't know if you've been to any games lately, but man, there's so much profanity. Alcohol, they're drinking beer, they're drinking it, and they're trying to get drunk before they go in the stadium, and it's crazy. And these kids behind us was profanity, it is profanity. It was driving me up the wall. I turned around and said, Give me a break with the profanity. And the guy said, okay, sir. Okay, Pops. Like, who you calling Pops? <laughs> but what I'm trying to tell you is we're going to have to stand alone, brother. We're going to have to, on, on uh, 95, when people cut you off, you've got to be Christians. On your job, or at the schools. We're going to have to learn to stand even when there are not other people standing with us. And you know, in 1 Kings 18, verse 19, of course, you remember Elijah. Elijah went on Mount Carmel. And in 1 Kings 18, 19, now therefore send and gather all the men of Israel unto Mount Carmel and the prophets of Baal and a a 400 and 450 prophets of the groves. That's 900. He's standing against 950 false prophets. It might be however many on your job. And they're going to say, well, you know, I think it's all right that people live their own lifestyle. They should be able to live however they want to live. And you have to say, but God says that's wrong. You're going to have to be able to stand alone sometime. I'm not saying be mean. Because I think sometimes Christians can be mean. We're going to get you told. We're going to get you told straight. God didn't put you in charge. He's in charge. We have to learn to speak. Let our words be seasoned with salt. We need some tact. We need some diplomacy. We need to know how to say what we're going to say. But we need to be able to say it. We're going to stand alone. And Elijah stood against 900. And this is what he said in 1 Kings 18.21. And Elijah came to the people and said, How long haunt you between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. And if Baal be God, follow him. And you know what? The people, they didn't answer him a word. Now, now, weren't these the people that God brought out of Egypt? And weren't these the people that God gave water from, from a rock and brought them through and gave them manna from above? Weren't these the people that God protected in the wilderness? And they said not a word. Aren't you the ones that God woke up this morning? Aren't you the ones that you've been going through crises and God still blessed you? Weren't you the ones in the hospitals and God gave you a way home? Weren't you the ones that God has blessed? And you know what? We won't say a word. We've got to stand us. We might have to stand alone, but stand we will. That's what I want to tell my family. If I had a farewell address, this would be my farewell address to my family, is that you're going to have to stand alone sometimes. It's nice when we're all together. You know, when I'm with Jamie, I feel 10 feet tall. When I'm with these other brothers. But sometimes we aren't going to have other Christians around us. Will you stand? You know, when Jesus came into the city and they spat on Jesus and they beat him and they gave him a crown of thorns and they slapped him. You, you can't take somebody slapping you. What man in here would take another man slapping? Now, you could punch him. <laughs> and they spit in his face, bro. And you know why he did that? For you and for me. 
And then they went back looking three days later in the in the in the sepulchre. He has been he's been he's he is raised. He's been risen. But one of these days Jesus is coming back. You're not gonna spit in his face then. You won't slap him then. You won't give him a crown of thorns then. What I'm saying, brothers, we are going to have to stand. And even if you got to stand by yourself, you got to stand, brother. Uh, in Deuteronomy 3.15, I'm, I'm sorry, Daniel 3.15. You remember Daniel? They cast Daniel. No, I'm talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were told to bow down and worship the idol that was set up. As long as you bow down and worship, that's great. But if you don't, there's going to be some trouble. And all of these people, all of these dignitaries, and all these people came to dedicate this statue. And when the music played, everybody bowed down. Can you see three little people standing up? Out of all of these people bowed down, three people stood up. I'm asking you today to stand firm on the Lord. You might be the only one standing, brother. But you got to stand. And he says to them, he says in Daniel 3, 6, 15. But, but if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is the God that is able to deliver you out of my hands? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to them, O King Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer you for this matter. But if it be so, our God is able. We serve that is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace that you that <coughs> deliver you out of our out of our hand. And you know what? They put them in that fiery furnace, and they came out. They were in the fiery furnace, and there was no smoke or anything. And you know what the king said? The king said, "Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego." Come out of that fiery furnace. And you know what they should have said? If you want me out, you come in here. Again. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. What I'm trying to tell you is that they stood alone. And what I'm trying to tell you is that we're going to have to stand alone sometime. I don't know when. I don't know where. But it's coming. You're going to be the only Christian in the house. He said, who is the God that is able? Our God is able. Our God is able to quench the fiery dots. Our God is able to stop the mouths of the lions. You know what? Our God is able to turn back time. Our God is able to part the Red Sea. And our God is able to make something out of nothing. Let me see your God do that. What I'm telling you is we're going to have to stand, brothers. I'm going to teach my children that you might have to stand alone. But I want my children to know that you're in a world. You in this world. And we're, we're just, we can't be like the world. We cannot be like the world. We're in the world, but not of the world. When you're standing alone, you're going to be like that light that Brother Zach mentioned. A light shining into the wilderness. So you and I, we cannot take the world's advice. Because you know they're going to give you some advice, right? <laughs> When it comes to marriage, they're going to tell you, well, if, if that doesn't work out, brother, just go get you another one. One is just as good as the other one. But we read in Malachi 
For the Lord God Israel hates divorce. See, we're going to be in this world. We're not of this world. But you can't take the world advice. Oh, child, go do this. And child, go. They'll give you all kind of advice. You know what they'll tell you? They'll tell you when it comes to rearing children, let the child run the house. You know, now children run the house, brother. They won't go on vacation where they don't. Well, we're going this way. I don't want to go there. They won't wear what you want them to wear. They won't eat what you want them to eat. You know, when I was a child, my mom made me eat black-eyed peas, brother. You think that's right? And she said, I couldn't get up from the table. That's your problem. She said, I couldn't get up from the table. Now I won't touch a black-eyed pea. She said, I couldn't get up from But now kids get at you in Walmart, and they'll fall out on the floor, and they'll give you a temper tantrum, and they won't get up until you buy them what they want. What I'm telling you is that the world will give you advice that, you know, the children, don't you love that baby? Don't discipline that baby. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 13, with, withhold not the correction for the child. For that if thou beateth them with a rod, he won't die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod and shall deliver him from hell. We need to discipline our children, brother. We need to bring them into correction. Because a child left to itself is going to go to destruction. I'm not telling you to kill the child. Sometimes you might not. Sometimes you can just take something away from them or punish them. But discipline we must. But if you listen to the advice of this world, they'll tell you, no, nah, don't you talk. And you know they'll take you to jail. If you spank that baby, you better do it at home, brother. Because <laughs> they used to get us at the store and tear us up. But now you have to take the child home. But what I'm saying is, there is a foundation under the foundation. And when it comes to standing alone, we cannot take the world's advice. You know what they'll tell you when it comes to a co-worker at work? They'll say, well, undermine them. Go do them wrong. Get them before they get you. And the Bible is clear in Proverbs 20 and 19. He who goes about as a slander reveals secret. Therefore, do not associate with a gossip. The world's going to give us the kind of advice that we can't take. But I want you to know that we have to stand firm. And we might have to stand firm alone. But stand we will, brother. Stand we will. And I want you to stand on the plan of salvation. Nobody tells you what to do to be saved anymore. Well, if we can do anything. No, you have to hear his word. You have to believe what he says. If, if I tell you that there's a bomb in this. What's your name, brother? Chad. Chad, it's a bomb in this building. You need to leave the building. Now, if Chad sit there, he, he doesn't believe a word I say. But if Chad gets up, he believes what I say. God said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And there'll be some say, well, you don't need to be baptized, brother. Let the Lord come into your heart, brother. Or just say this sinner's prayer, you're going to be saved. God said, he that believeth. And it's baptized shall be saved. I'm telling you, we need people to stand on that. Because there's people going to hell. The brother telling you, you can't even eat a banana now, brother. There's <laughs> <laughs> people going to hell because we won't even tell them the truth. We're so nice and polite. And no, we need to let people know. I'm not saying be mean. But I am saying we have to stand. So if I had a chance to tell my children, if I brought them around my bed, I would tell them to stand on the Lord's side. I would tell them to stand on the foundation under the foundation. 
And I would tell them sometimes you have to stand alone, but stand we must. And I want us all to be resolved and resolute and intentional when we leave this room and go get that food that we're going to stand on the Lord's side no matter what. And if you're with me, just say amen. Amen. I'm done.